love you, old man waves. Damn you, old man! anything that people should be doing that's like like strip club etiquette what's the number one thing like a person should not do when they go into a strip club aside from picking up the money that's on the floor uh, don't go into the strip club not wanting to spend money that's from one you know you're kind of you're literally there to spend money yeah, you're there to spend money you know um Because uh, I'm thinking someone like me, I'll end up spending more at the bar and on the waitress than I will on the actual strippers. But I know I, I know going in, like just me alone, yeah. I'm gonna spend at least a hundred dollars at the bar. Oh yeah, don't fit. Don't forget that strippers are people too. <laughs> um, try not to be too uh, too friendly. Um, understand that they have boundaries. Like, they're not just there for, for... They are there for your pleasure, but the buck stops somewhere, you know? Yeah. You can't just... Remember the time we went? Um, I think the last time you, me, Maria, and someone else went, there was this one guy in the, like at the table next to us. I oh yeah, he was a regular there or something. Yeah, we ended but up for saying some to him. reason. He kept like every stripper that walked by him. He would call him over and like they would have an exchange, and then they would stand next to him, and he would just like caress their ass and all this other stuff. And I'm like, why is he doing that to like every stripper that walks by him? Yeah, because I remember we were saying to the waitress, like, yo, this dude looks like he's making the strippers uncomfortable. And she was just like, oh, he's a regular. But then he did something, and she was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think she ended up getting a bouncer, and was like, or oh, he ended up leaving, like, shortly after. Yeah, like, dude, just get a lap dance. Pick your favorite two or three, get a lap dance, call it a night. You don't, you don't have to have your way with every last one in there. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't even giving them money. He was just sitting there, probably had a few drinks, but... After his, after he had his drinks, he was just slapping ass, grabbing ass, and caressing it. Oh, hey, how you doing? Yada yada yada. But like, come on, like that was that was weird to me. Yeah, like I've and we've we've frequented the strip clubs more than a few times, and you know what's funny for me is like I like the strip club, but I also just like bars. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, strip club is just bar with titties out. <laughs> you know what I mean? The occasional lap dance is fine, but like I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. Like you know what I mean? Like strip clubs are still fun. I like I actually can't wait to go back. Like you know what I mean? I I'd like to plan one before I go back to work. <laughs> I'm actually due to go to one very soon. I was supposed to go when I was in Florida this week, but um, I just I like to do my research before I go. And in or for some reason, like in Orlando, they just didn't really have the kind of strip clubs I was looking for. Yeah, I was thinking, like, Orlando doesn't really seem like the place to go. I kind of feel like it'd be a... <laughs> it's going to sound fucked up or whatever. I feel like it'd be, like, toothless strippers. Well, I mean... 
There was either that or like the really hood strip clubs, which I, I don't think I want to go to. So. Yeah, I don't. I want to go to see titties and drink. I don't want to go there to see titties and possibly have to get punched in the face or shot at. Yeah. And like and catch a bullet that has that does not have my name on it. I'm absolutely all set on that. But yeah, this is the Old Man Wade Show. I'm your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And you know that soldier voice. It's just Greg. What's up, y'all? Uh, the last episode we did, I lost because I am an idiot sometimes. <laughs> and I accidentally just lose shit. And then I thought I had it. And the audio sound like Megatron was talking to Starscream. And it just kind of didn't work out. So I said, fuck it. Or it never happened and he's just gaslighting y'all. <laughs> Yo, you know I found out where gaslighting really came from? What? So apparently, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was a book or a movie, but this guy was saying that this, like this light wasn't working when it was, and it was a gas light. So this woman or this person was like, "This light works," and the dude was like, "No, the gas light doesn't work." Hence the okay. term, gaslight. Okay. And while I while I firmly believe in gaslighting, um, I really do feel that people just use the word and use words in general and have no idea what the fuck they mean. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the first topic on hand: the difference between preference and shaming. If you go on the internet and you like whatever you like. Yep. There's going to be that one person, especially if like you have a bunch of followers, there's going to be that one person who's like, well, why do you only like thick women? What about slim women? Or if you like slim women, oh, what about the bigums? It's like, dog, I have a fucking preference. I, I like what I like. Like, I like I have I have a preference. Like, most of the women in my... No, I shouldn't even say that. Like, it's my top five is pretty eclectic, but for the most part, you can see a a definite pattern with them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my wife makes fun of me. She was just like, oh, you just like Spanish women. I'm like, you're not even Spanish! <laughs> and she's like, so what? And she goes, "She goes, but you thought I was? I'm like, yeah, that was different, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, and let's just let's just say for shits and giggles that my preference was Spanish women. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, my preference. That doesn't mean I don't like black women. It just means the needle is moved with more with other women, like you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and it kills me that like you can get shamed for not liking something because of who you are. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, um, there's a there's a an issue with that because you know, I I know you see it a lot. Um, women tend to have. A thousand and one preferences. And guys, we're not that vocal about what their preferences are. Some of us, yeah. A pocket of us are like, yeah, no, that's yada, yada, yada. But most guys in general, we're like, oh, okay. You want guys to make a certain amount of money? Okay. You want guys to be yay tall? Okay. You want guys who work out? Okay. Uh, You want a guy to have this much penis okay whatever like cool but when it's time for us to voice our opinions and our preferences whew, 
If we want a certain size woman, it's a problem. If we want a certain age woman, it's a problem. If you want a certain uh, type of woman, certain complexion of a woman, certain whatever, it's a problem. Yeah. It's, it's oh, you're colorist. Oh, you're misogynist. Oh, you're you're a pedophile because you like younger women. But the woman younger the group of women that you like are twenty five adults. <laughs> like they're twenty five. Like you, you know, know what I mean? Like, they're adults. Like don't Actually, get me wrong, if you're forty and she's eighteen, I'm gonna look at you a certain way. So because I was on vacation, I haven't really caught that much of what's been like popping on Twitter lately, but there was this girl, I guess who posted a selfie and people were just in awe of how beautiful she was. She was a beautiful chick. And people were saying, okay, but how old is she? Because she's gorgeous, but how old is she? She looks really young. Before we get out of hand here, let's find out how old she is. And I guess she's 19. So then there's a whole new conversation regarding the men who are fawning over her when she's 19 years old. And I think she's actually dating a guy who's like 26 or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I got a few things crossed. But there was a whole lot of conversation about guys in their 20s or even 30s liking a 19-year-old or wanting to smash a 19-year-old. So my my feelings on that is like I'm 41. I'm not messing with a 19-year-old. Yeah. Even if she looks like a grown woman. But I don't think the next 41-year-old who wants to mess with her is completely wrong. I think, yeah, she to me, she's a child. But she's 19. She's, she's grown. Yeah. To an extent, she may not be all up there in terms of maturity, but... She's 19. She's fair game. If if she wants to mess with a 25-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, that's her business. It might say something about the guy that's messing with her, but at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that. And I also noticed that there's a lot of, like, I think it's a lot of shaming tactics when um, women get on guys who, like, women who are a lot younger. And if anyone's listening to the show, you know normally I will always side with the woman. Um, As Dave Chappelle said, you know, um, people like me are known as bitch-ass niggas. Um, And it's a joke, but but for the most part, I will side with the woman. But there are certain situations it's like, yo, why are you coming at somebody because I have a preference? It's different when you have someone like Gilbert Arenas who is like, there's no such thing as an attractive, dark-skinned woman. Yeah, that's... That's nasty. That's insane. Yeah, and it's like, dude... Not only are you dark skin, your daughters are dark skin. So you're saying this shit for clicks and for your your show or whatever. But what happens when your daughters grow up and they see this video and they hear this shit? How the fuck are they supposed to feel? So I I get the PC side of it, but at, I think at the end of the day, even though I don't agree with him, that's his prerogative. It's if if he doesn't find women darker than him or as dark as him attractive, that's his business. Exactly, I so agree. I may not agree with it. I may think they're there, I may believe that there are some underlying issues there, but it's his prerogative. I don't care who he likes and who he doesn't like, you know? So I agree with you. My only part about it is, and again, it's a lot of like, that's what I. That's where I go when I think of like colorism and shaming mm-hmm. in a situation like that. Because I think the shit he said there was nasty. 
because it's like, first off, it, it's wrong. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't like dark skin women, cool, that's your thing. But to shame your own people, like, you know what I mean? That's when I have a problem. Say, like, there's no such thing as, he goes, sure, there's Gabriel Union, but that's it. I'm like, nigga, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that statement in, in itself was messed up because you could have easily said, I don't like dark skin. I'm not, a, I'm not into dark skin women. Yeah. That's a totally different st- statement from saying there's no such thing as a, an attractive dark skin woman. Like, yep. That's a totally different statement. You know, and I can see why people would take issue with that. Yeah, and I think, and again, but that's the difference between <clears throat> a preference and shaming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And, but I'll, let's, now let's take it back to the other side of that. You, like, if you're a woman, oh, I like a guy with a certain amount of length. Like, you know what I mean? Or has to make a certain amount of money. That's fine. Like, you know what I mean? But to shit on someone because they don't make the amount of money. Um, like, let's take me in my current situation, for example. For most of my life, most of the relationship, my wife has made more money than me. Mm-hmm. Just is what it is. Like, I'm not really, I don't really care about it. It doesn't really make a big difference to me. Um, it's never really phased me. We work as a team. A relationship is a team. The money goes the same way. Mm-hmm. The last two years... I've made more money. She ain't stressing about it because it's still because it's the same thing. It's still going to the same place. Mm-hmm. When she finishes school, she'll be making way more money <laughs> money than me. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. And I'm probably gonna have to make some sacrifices to make sure that she has a better living. Mm-hmm. So when she was in school and I was working, I did mad shit around the house. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like she's in school, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I know you just had. Um, XYZ and ABC and you've been at school and studying for the last 12 hours so now come home and cook dinner mm-hmm. I can cook dinner like you know what I mean I can clean up a little bit but she's also not expecting me to do everything every day but some people may look at that and be like oh well why aren't you doing everything while she's doing this and why why don't you make more money so she can it's like mind your fucking business <laughs> if it ain't got nothing to do with you and your relationship why do you care like, that shit really, that's the part that really bugs me about this. It's like people jumping in this shit, and it's like, yo, this has nothing to do with you. You're shaming somebody who isn't like, who, if the person's toxic, fuck them. I don't care. But if it's this person's just out there like, yo, um, I'm a firefighter. No, let's not even say firefighter. Oh, I'm um, I'm a security officer at a at a building in a highly populated metropolitan area, right? And then someone jumps in and goes, "You broke ass person," and da 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 da. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> you don't you don't want to fuck with him? Then don't fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Is he out there fucking little kids? No. Is he out there making a good living for himself and his, whoever and his people? Yeah. Then why the fuck does it matter? It shouldn't, especially when you're married. When you're married, you're you're all one. Yeah. You know, so whatever you make. Is hers, whatever she makes is yours, essentially. So yeah. it's it's all a community. So it doesn't really matter. As long as as long as there's heat heat at the house, food, food on the table. Food. Yeah. You know, AC in the summer, you know, a ride to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. what does it matter? You know? And we've had this conversation a million times with someone to go, if you live with someone and no no, if you're dating a man 
and you're paying half the utilities, that's not uh, a boyfriend or a husband, that's a roommate. And, like, y'all got the game fucked up. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a part, it's called a partnership for a reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like I think that's more social media um, hyperbole. Um, I think that's, I think those are preferences that people are voicing when they say stuff like that. Because I don't know too many people who are, who are totally upset. Too many women who are totally upset with having to pay bills while they're in a relationship living with their boyfriend or husband. We also both, we also both hang around in a circle of women who aren't like shitting on people. Like, you know what I mean? They're not shitting on men for stuff like that. Because like when we both hear people who have like toxic like energy or toxic vibes to them, Mm -hmm. we'll cut them off. Because like neither one of us are, we're both too old for that shit. Yeah, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just real weird, I, I, and I think, uh, it's, it could be dangerous, because a lot of people take what they, they read on social media every single day, and they just kind of conform to those, those ideas, and think, just because this is what's being screened all day on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, that's what the standard is in real life when it really isn't it really isn't um if you like if you really look at a reality you are always like most women are gonna say they want a guy who's at least six feet tall the average guy is like five eight five nine so if you if you look it up on i googled it one time and it said that only 14% of the American population consists of men who are six feet and taller. So who are y'all women, who are you women dating? <laughs> who are you women dating? 14.5. Yeah, in the, in the U.S. population, about 14.5 of all men are, um, are six feet or over. Among CEOs and Fortune 500 companies, that number is 58%. Even more strikingly, in the great American population, 3.9 of adult men are taller than are 6 to and taller. So, <laughs> so it's just, okay, so, and, and that's my point. Uh, you'll see that all day on social media about women, uh, women saying they don't want to date guys who aren't at least 6 feet or taller. But statistically, most guys, that sh- the average guy, an average people forget average also means the most the what you're most commonly going to come across out in public out on the street wherever are guys who are five eight five nine maybe a little shorter maybe a little taller but not quite six feet you know um so yeah that's what i'm saying that's people voicing their preferences more than their actual feelings you know what i mean yeah it you're behind a computer screen. You're holding a phone. There's some anonymity there, um, so people can kind of run off at the mouth a little, you know. Yeah, but I, but it it also goes to that point where something Dave Chappelle said: the internet is not a real place. It's not. Y'all can talk about the metaverse all you want. The metaverse is not a real place. Mm-hmm. You can still get punched in your face in the real in the real verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the other thing I think people got fucked up, and we've seen it online a bunch of times when people just. They say fucked up stuff and be like, what you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Or one of my favorite, I think it was Tory Lanez who said something about Royce. Or someone said something about Royce. And because they asked him about somebody, he was just like, I'm not really feeling them. It's not my kind of music. 
and it was they called them like oh fucking muscle milk ass um, glasses ass niggas. And Roy said, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to take that back before, like you know what I mean, because maybe you don't understand what you're saying and do what double down on it. Roy mm-hmm. said, simply put, all right, just remember I gave you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Two days later, that dude apologized <laughs> because the internet is not a real place when a motherfucker who can actually fly to you and see you is like, you know what I mean? Or even if it's not a tough guy thing, mm-hmm. the things you say on the internet can come back and ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, how often do we see on the internet where someone will go, uh, they'll post like all their money and then they get robbed. They post mm-hmm. all their money and their drugs and then the cops, is knocking, the cops are knocking on their door. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, or the person who's just like, I wish, Wale. Mm-hmm. Wale was at a uh, Monday Night Raw show. Mm-hmm. And dude was like, oh, I see Wale there. He, if I see him, he going to catch this stunner. Mm-hmm. And Wale was like, word? Where you at? And he was like, oh, I'm at, I'm at seat this, seat that. And Wale went and seen him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not the, not the conversation he wanted to have. Because the internet is not a real fucking place. But whatever, man. That's that's kind of funny. Actually, you know what? Then I got you online. Let me go get you your gift. <laughs> Sorry for the dead air people, but I, I can't wait to see <laughs> Greg's reaction to this. So, um, Greg's a scroll if you didn't know. <laughs> He's an alien shape-shifting <laughs> Marvel Comics. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's the right size, too. <laughs> yeah, we wasn't sure if it was a large or an extra large. I forget what size we got. But Well, I usually wear extra large, but lately I've been getting larges because I, I lost some weight and yeah. stuff, so I've been hitting it hard in the gym, but thank you. No problem. Oh, ladies, uh, yes, he's going to the gym, but this man is taken, and he's happily taken, and he'll tell you all the time, so step the fuck back. And you don't have to say all that. I, I am taken, but you don't have to say all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you need me to edit it? No, you don't have to. All right. Um, so here's another topic that um, I've been dying to talk to you about: stocks, 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 stocks. How long have you been trading and buying and doing all the stuff you've been doing? I started trading January 2016, so I've been in it for like six years now. Yeah, so this isn't something that's like new to you, like because it's become a new phenomenon. I've noticed with people mm-hmm. like. And this is something, because you were, when we were living together many moons ago, you were really high on, you've always been about your money. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, this isn't like someone who, like a rapper who'd be like, yo, I'm about my money. I'm about, like, no, Greg was always about his money because it was, you went to work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Made sure your job was secure, mm-hmm. went home and did your thing. Like, you weren't out there overly spending, and when you did, you made sure you were in a position to do so. Like, mm-hmm. you were... Um, when before savings became a big thing, you are you already had a savings account, like you know what I mean. So before people really wanted to get into like they're having like good credit, you were already on your way to having, you know what I mean, better than average credit. Mm-hmm. So you doing you st- and stocks have always been a thing. It's been a, haven't always, but it's been a a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. But more recently, I think probably since the GameStop stuff that happened what two years ago, maybe. About a year ago. Yeah, like, and now it just seems to be more of a trend, but it's always been a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what made you get into it? And, yeah, so first off, what made you get into it? Well, I I remember being at work, and um, 
being in a position where I had like my credit cards paid off. Um, I had my credit cards paid off. I had um, like close to no debt. I still had my student loan at the time and other things going on and I was saving money. And then I was contemplating, okay, what else do I wanna do going forward to make my situation better? Because, you know, I, I am able to save more money because I'm out of credit card debt, but, you know, I'm not ready to buy a house just yet. I, I was saving up for that too, but what else can I do to like make some extra money? So I started looking, looking into the stock market and I, my first account was with, um, actually my first account was with E-Trade, but I ended up um, being attracted to Robinhood because I guess it was just like the new thing at the time and there was something attractive about their marketing. So I, I opened an account and everything. And the thing about Robinhood and I think what it attracts a lot of young investors, retail investors, is uh, just the, the whole format of the application. They say that um, Robinhood is kind of gamified. So it kind of looks like a, it has like a casino type vibe, all these colors, different fonts and everything. A lot of that stuff is intentional. So a lot of people get to see certain information and just what, what they show you on Robinhood, it can convince the average person to think, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'll just put my money, put my money here, watch it go up. I'll take it out when I want to and all this other stuff. It's like a casino. Yeah. But if you take that idea and the fact that right now with the inclusion of social media and this hustle culture that we're seeing every day now, that's why we had situations with, um, we had situations like the GameStop AMC thing. Yeah. Um, so many people want their money today. They want it right away. They're not trying to put it away. They're not trying to, you know, have money for the future. They want money now. So it's stuff like that that cause those situations. We're going back to the topic. Um, yeah, since January 2016, I just said, you know what, let me just start investing in the stock market. I didn't know shit about the stock market. So when I opened my account, I literally just put $100 in there. And I forget what my first stock was, but I put $100 in there and then I decided from then on, I would just read up on investing in the stock market and watch a ton of videos about the stock market. And I learned a lot of things, you know, and um, from there, I learned more and more and more, got more confident in where to put my money, how to invest, what to invest in. Um, I'm the kind of guy who's okay with not making a lot of money tomorrow. Yeah. I'll sit here and let it, I'll let it sit for a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years if I have to, and I'll be okay. One of your main rule, one of the main rules when it comes to, um, investing in the stock market is using money you don't plan on ever needing to use anytime soon. Makes sense. So if you're somebody who's strapped for cash, but you have a little little bit of money at the end of the month that you could that you could invest in the stock market, okay. But if you if you honestly feel like you might need it for something, 
let's say you don't have any emergency funds to set up, investing ain't for you yet. Not yet. You can still get into it eventually, but save up an emergency fund, pay down all, if not most of your debt, and then get into investing. And I always advise people to think long-term, not short-term. What's a common misconception with um, the, like, um, with the stock market that you think people um, spew? Because every, every um, subject has their particular uh, misinformation. What's the misinformation you think people have with stock? I think too many people um, invest emotionally um, or they'll hear something that's popping. Like I keep hearing this name, this name, this name, that name, that name. So it must be a good stock. Let me put buy some stocks in it. That's a bad strategy. Um, there's a lot of things that people use all day, every day, whose names, companies' names you hear all the time that are doing poorly in the stock market. Um, there's also um, the other side of the coin where people are invested and just because a company's having a bad week or a bad month or a bad year, they take their money out. And a lot of times when they do that, they go back to look, they go back to see um, how the company's doing after they took their money out and realize that the company's doing way better. They should have stayed in. Um, it's like a relationship, really. Like, if you really want it, if you really want it to work, you got to be there for the long haul. You got to have some ups and downs. But if you truly believe in it working in the long run, you got to keep your money in. Like, right now is ugly it's really ugly um and if i was an emotional investor i would have took all my money out already but i'm i don't want to lose my position so i'm going to stay in it that's part of my retirement plan so that my what i have in the stock market is not going anywhere so what is a what is a how would someone avoid being an emotional investor because i think your analogy with it being a relationship and kind of dealing with the ups and the downs on it. But how do you know when it's time when like, cause even like relationships at some point in time, you may look at it and go, it may be time to break up with this person. So how does a person um, stay or leave without being emotional? Well, I think you have to be dead set on your decision regarding how long you want to be in the stock market. If you only want to be in the stock market for a year, then play play that game where you're the reason why you're buying this stock and this stock is that is because you believe it's gonna be hot this year. You put your money in and by the end of the year or whatever, twelve months goes by, you take your money out. Um or you can decide, you know what, I wanna hold I wanna hold stocks for five years. I have a plan and I think that investing in the stock market for at least five years is going to be good for me. So I can set my my pain tolerance like that. Yeah. So for the next five years, whatever emotional roller coaster I'm going through, I'm going to hold the line for the next five years. Or you can be like me and who's just going to be in there for like the next 15, 20 years. And after, like, you have to watch the stock market. You have to see the ups and downs. You got to stop paying attention to, like, the news. Because a lot of times, it'll be the news that'll have you all emotional about the stock market. Um, 
they're always saying one thing really when it's really another, you know, and that can kind of toy with you. So um, you want to do enough, you want to do enough research on the companies you want to invest in. Um, really dig deep and decide, okay, this is who I want to invest in. I'm going to put my money here. Decide how long you want to stay in the game and then just hold the line. It's don't pay too much don't pay too much attention to um the news because they'll they'll lead you astray and that's it i think those are some things that can help you become less emotional less emotional about the stock market where do you get where do you go to get your information like what's a credible place where you can go like i trust this person when they're speaking about well first and foremost i use yahoo finance that's where i get most of my information on the companies the holdings that i have and other companies that I don't have but might consider having in the future. Um, there's other places like a popular outlet is uh, EYL, Earn Your Leisure, on YouTube, on Instagram, Twitter, and everything. They give a lot of information for free. Um, they do have like a paid service that you can join and get like really involved and they can show you like hands-on how to do this and that if you're really, really that focused. Or you could be like me who kind of dabbled in it, but rather just grab whatever information I can from like the free YouTube shows that they do on Mondays. And they have other days where they just drop a different show with different guests and everything. Um, and just take it from there. You just, I just, I just get little nuggets. Every time I watch, I watch every Monday, every Monday night around eight o'clock. Um, or I'll watch the replay or I'll watch another channel or something that has a little more information on a particular topic regarding the stock market. But most of my information comes from articles on the internet and that can be from anywhere. You know, really Investopedia is good if you really want to learn about, um, like all the intricacies of the stock market. Um, EYL, like I said earlier. Um, Nerd Wallet has a few gems in there, um, and if you really want the real information, um, you gotta hit um, things like uh, sites like Yahoo Finance because they're gonna tell you all the things you need to know about your holdings and what you and what you should consider looking at. Thanks. Okay. I don't think I have any more questions. Do you have any other um, any other comments or advice for people involving in regarding the stock market? I should say, um, saving your money is the foundation, but it's not enough. If you just save your money for the rest of your life, my parents, I'm sure your parents have, um, my parents have always told me, Greg, you need to save your money. Okay, but later on, I found out that saving your money is just a start. That's, 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 it's a good start. At least save uh, an emergency fund. Yeah. Six to 12 months worth of monthly expenses. But if you're really trying to get your money up, have some money for the future if you have a kid that's going to be going to college in a few years or if you want to have a little more money than that 401k you got with your job 
you must invest because for one you leave your money in a savings account essentially you're using you're losing money because of inflation it used to be about two to three percent of um, buying power with the money that you're saving you're putting in a savings account that you're losing each year with things going on right now that number's going up so your money isn't worth what it used to be last year that's always been the case but it's even more so now with inflation going up so high so a way to beat that inflation is to invest your money you can invest in the stock market you can invest in like bonds and stuff but there isn't enough for me personally bonds are cool but there isn't enough um you, there isn't enough profit. CDs and stuff, money market accounts, they're cool, but there just isn't enough going on there. You put your money in a good, uh, uh, if you buy stocks in good companies or indexes, ETS and stuff like that, you'll make more money over over time. Um, if, if what I put in the stock market six years ago, up until now, had been instead in a savings account, I probably would have seen an extra 5% growth from that. Instead, in the stock market, I've doubled my money. (laughs) So I've seen like like 120. There was a point in time where I was up almost 200% on what I've I've invested over six years. But because of what's been going on lately, I think my stock portfolio is down like 50%. So, but you're still, still better off. You're still well, up. I'm still up 100% over 100% of what I invested. So, I can never say that about money that I have in a savings account. So, that's just something to consider. Um, as you get older and closer to retirement, you got to consider is this 401k going to hold me over? Is this pension going to hold me over? Am I having kids? Do I have kids already? Am I going to have to have that conversation with them years down the line about probably not being able to pay for college? If you're a single man and you don't mind dating women with kids, because a lot of us single guys, I'm not single anymore, but a lot of guys who are single, the dating pool is iffy because a lot of women have, a lot of women are single parents. You got to consider if you're, if you're in relationship mode and you want something to grow upon, those women come with kids. The way I see it when I was single, I used to look at women like, okay, she has a kid, okay. That's not bad. Now I wonder what her situation is with her child and what her situation is with her child's father. I also had to consider if we make it, if this becomes a thing and we establish a long-lasting relationship, relationship that's a student. <laughs> that's the, yeah. That's a that's a college tuition right there. Mm-hmm. I might have to chip into because, you know, you go build something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they they eventually become your stepchild. You know, or if they got something situated, cool. You know, they you might not have to be. You know, that might not have have to be a burden of yours. But just having foresight, um, that's the way I look at them. Like, okay, she has one kid. Okay, that might be one tuition I'm going to have to pay in the future if we work out. Oh, she has two kids? Ooh. You know? But um, that's that's just some things to think about. People just have, need to have more foresight. Yeah. You know? So, but having even, the savings account is cool, but if you want better for yourself, 
if you first of all, savings account ain't gonna make you rich, and this isn't this isn't by far any advice to be rich because I'm not rich. I can't tell somebody else how to be rich because I'm not rich. But if you want to have a leg up on your finances in the future, the best thing you can do is do some research, put your money in a um, in the stock market, put them in good companies, and if you if you if you don't really know how to pick good companies. Find some decent indexes or ETFs where they'll just kind of does the work for you. You know, put your money there and those grow a lot faster than the money you put in a savings account. It makes sense. So, and even for those people who aren't even thinking about kids, like if you're like as you get older, you're gonna have you're gonna have health issues. Like you're you're gonna um eventually if you want a house. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be repairs on the house, or if you have a vehicle, the repairs on the vehicles exactly. and stuff like that. Like you want to be able to have, you want to be, and like you said, it's not about being rich; it's um, comfort. Yeah, you want to be good. There's people who are of a certain age and can't afford to pay for medication. Yeah, um, their parents passed away and they can't afford a funeral, or they can't afford this and that. Granted, I don't think the money you make from the stock market should be used on those things. Because, remember, in the stock market, when you put money in the stock market, you're really not supposed to be using money that you might have to use in the future. Yeah. So that shouldn't even be the case, but I can't speak for everybody. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's almost like putting money in a 401k. It's like you're not really supposed to be touching exactly. it. It's it's, an, it's a retirement fund. Now, granted, exactly. you can't, and I've done this, and I've, mm-hmm. um, I've, what's the word I'm looking for? I've, um taking money out of it to like pay for certain things like my um like the uh, engagement ring i took money out of my 401k to pay for the engagement ring for my wife um but the um but if i think about like you know imagine if i would have had like for example let's take the save like save something as simple as a savings account mm-hmm. i wish i would have listened to more people earlier when it was like you know 50 bucks a week Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean, like this this stupid money that I really didn't need to spend, and it's like fuck, like then like now over the last few years, it's like I'm glad that we've had this nest egg mm-hmm. for like you know a rainy day or a really fucked up year, mm-hmm. and so like you know now but now there's another step to this, like you said with like the stock market and things like that, like and my wife was talking about once she's done with school, she really wants to sit down and like really talk about this stuff with mm-hmm. um she has a a um, classmate she knows you do it so she wants to actually have these conversations because it's once she's done with school now we have the next step of our life and what we're gonna have to go looking forward to next mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm pretty sure there's more questions that i have but i can't think of them right now next time i'm gonna i'll be a little more informed on this but this is kind of like a kind of not really a tutorial but i also know that when i read your stuff on twitter like you're really into what you're talking about like you know what you're talking about like but again, it goes back to the initial conversation of like not saying things online or not spouting things you know nothing about. Because even in this conversation, you've all, you've used the words "if you," "for me," as opposed mm-hmm. to "you should." Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. So I think that also goes along the line with saving money in general. When it's like this works for you, it may not. This works for me, this may not work for you. And I mm-hmm. think that's the mentality. I think um, more people should have. Um, when it comes to like money, life, and things of that nature. Yeah. So yeah, um, actually, that's why wow, that actually went that actually went quicker than I thought it was going to. <laughs> the just the um the in general the 
this episode we're at a good a good time, but I actually didn't think this was good. This episode was gonna feel like as fast as it was gonna go. That's why I didn't really. That's why I didn't feel so bad about not wanting, not adding anything because I have a feeling it was end up. It was gonna end up being a little. Yeah, than these are conversations and these are topics that you have a you feel passionate about or not passionate about, but you're knowledgeable about or have opinions on. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like two topics, and we're um, a little over forty I'm, minutes. Yeah, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about finances. I'm passionate about doing the right thing with your money. Um, I don't have all the wisdom there is to have about it. I don't call myself an expert. I just know what works for me, and I can show for it. You know, so. Um, this is what works for me, and that's that's really all I try to go. Um, I try to teach my friends and family members about when it comes to handling their money. I don't know everybody's situation, um, but I do know that um, when you have when you have the opportunity to put money away instead of wasting it on you know the BS that we wasted on all the time, you know, put some of it away. You don't have to put all of it away. Nobody's saying to become a hermit and not have fun and not party and not, you know, get those Jordans or that, you know, blow, you know, blow a little money here and there. Yeah, have fun, live your life, but you have to consider that. Like I said, I looked at my finances and I looked at what my pension's going to pay when I get close to retirement and what my lifestyle might be as I get close to retirement. And I understood that this pension is just gonna keep the lights on. Yeah. If I wanna be able to do more, I need to do something else with my money. You like to travel, you like- I like to travel. Um, and you like to enjoy yourself when you travel, like you know yeah, what I mean. You're exactly. not just you're not just going to a hotel and then just watching cable TV. Yeah. Like you like uh, to yeah, do stuff. Yeah, I've had my moments where I blew blew some money here and there, but for the most part, I understood like, okay, I have a pension, that's great, but I need to make more money so that I can be comfortable because I don't want to be the guy who has to go back to work after retirement because I can't afford the lifestyle that I want to have after retirement. That's true. So, wherever you can, if you have a four one, if you have a job that offers a four hundred one k, try to match that out. If you have uh, some type of other secondary retirement plan that you put money into, try to match that out. Adjust your finances so that you can put as much as you possibly can without, you know, the pain of it every single week. Or sometimes it will deal. You will deal some pain early on but eventually you get used to being without that extra 20 40 50 dollars every week or mm-hmm. whatever your pay period is your pay cycle is so um yeah that's that that's that's all i have to say about that yeah like we used to make fun of you for like you know mr not in a budget but like but even then like for as much as we made fun of you we all admired the fact that you had that kind of restraint but when we went, well, we but we've also all gone on vacation together. Like we went to Vegas, we went to New York. Like you know what I mean. You've um, you've been to DR. You've been to Miami. You've been like you know what I mean. I think you've been. To, have you been to Mexico? Mexico, Aruba, Jamaica. Like some of these trips, I've been by myself. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't care. Like I'll go on a trip by myself anytime. Like I don't care. 
What's that like going on? Like, because I've never been on a solo vacation. What are solo vacations like for you? Like, so like, is it just is it just you trying to like decompress, or you just what's what's? Because I know some people like some people can't even go to a movie by themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you flat out just get on a plane and go. Yeah, I go to the movies by myself still. I haven't gone (laughs) recently, but I like eighty percent of the movies I've I've sat down sat down at a theater and watched has been by myself. Yeah. Um, when it comes to traveling alone, of course it's easier because I'm a guy. Second, it's just about decompressing. Like, it's decompressing, it's relaxation, it's a change of scenery for the next five, six, seven days. Um, you know, you kind of have a plan. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to go there, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to figure out where I want to eat, I'm going to figure out which, you know... Um, what kind of entertainment I want while I'm over there, um, how often I'm going to go to the gym, um, what are there any excursions I want to check out, you know, and that's it. That's all I did in Jamaica. I went to, I went to Jamaica, did like, a, like four or five excursions, went to like two strip clubs. Ron- they were raunchy too, but, um. And I just hung out. I chilled out. I didn't really. I didn't do much talking. I didn't. I didn't talk too much to people. I just kind of kept to myself. Had my ear, my AirPods on half of the trip. Just, just zoning out to music and working out and chilling by the pool and reading stuff. And it was yeah, it was fun. That's how. That's how pretty much how every friggin' solo trip I have is like. So I also think it's kind of cool because I remember I'm not gonna say where you went. But I remember you, um, you were telling me how you went on this one random vacation, and you ended up leaving and having a blast with some people you didn't even know. And it's funny how like you end up becoming, because it's funny when I say to people, you and Ed are the two funniest people I know. And people go, Greg, I go, yeah, Greg's pretty fucking funny. But it, but it's like, but it's also you know how to carry a conversation with people regardless of their walk of life. Mm-hmm. So people tend to gravitate toward you. So I always laugh when you say you go on vacation by yourself mm-hmm. because even if you went on vacation by yourself, by yourself, I always feel that you could always um, develop a relationship with someone. And I don't mean romantically, but just like find someone re- at some random place and be like, oh, hey... Da 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 da, and spark mm-hmm. up a conversation on an excursion, and boom, you now have another connection to somebody because you're just who you are. Mm-hmm. So I always looked at it like even when you're on vacation by yourself, I always look at you as someone who could also be on, but um, on vacation by themselves, but also develop a friendship or some type of um, association with somebody because of who you are. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, when I like, I've started enjoying making these little random fun games for shows and stuff like this. So this one is called Over, Under, or Aptly Rated. I'm gonna give you a name. You gotta tell me whether you think they're over, under, or aptly rated. Uh, some of them. The first five are rappers. I'm probably gonna ask you what your favorite song or if you think they're overrated. I'm gonna ask you why you think they're overrated, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm coming out hot. I'm gonna ask you, Biggie. Happily rated. Do you yeah. think he's? You, do you um, really feel like he's one of the greatest of all time, or like do you think aptly rated? For what he contributed to the game, um, for how 
how well his mu- music has aged over the years. I think he's aptly rated. I don't think he's overrated at all. I don't think... Sometimes you can hear, you can go months or even years without hearing people praise Biggie. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think he's aptly rated. If people are saying Biggie was the absolute greatest all day, every day, like if I heard it every day, I'd be like, okay, guys, chill out. Yeah. He was great. He only put two albums out. He was great, but chill. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lot more that came after him that might give him some competition there, yeah. so... But you I, add to what he you um you add that to what he contributed to hip hop as yeah, like a whole. Yeah, and like so, you said, yeah. his music doesn't his age his music is aged damn well. Damn, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, he has he he's not someone you can say, Oh, he had oh this album was whack and that album was whack. Granted he only had two albums, they were two great albums. Yeah. You know, so based on what he left us with and all the Lucy's he left left, left yeah. us with as well and what he contributed to other artists that gave us some really classic moments and classic music and everything. Yeah. I think he's aptly rated. I don't think he's underrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's where he needs to be. Uh, favorite Biggie track? Unbelievable. Because um, I know my favorite Biggie track is one you don't like. Um, Somebody's Gotta Die. No, Niggas Bleed. Oh, um. Unbelievable. <laughs> Story to tell. Um, Notorious Thugs. Oh, that's such. That's a. That's uh, a fucking classic. It's man. hard to just choose one, but my first one, I would have to say, unbelievable. Yeah, that no, um, Notorious Thugs. Like you couldn't go anywhere in the hood without hearing someone yeah. bumping that. Like, yeah, that. Oh my goodness. I know what you're gonna say to this one, but I'm asking anyway. Ghostface Killer. I think he's underrated. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Like he's. I could make an argument that he's like top five, <laughs> top five dead or alive. Yeah. Um, Although he does get the most credit, if you talk to real hip hop heads about who who carries the torch when it comes to the Wu Tang, some people will say Method Man, some people will say Raekwon, but those are like really the main three. Who stood out the most in the absolutely in the Wu Tang Clan? But I think if I had to choose between the three, I'd go with Ghostface. Man. I think Ghost is the best rapper out of all of them. I think we can agree. We probably we probably could agree that Method Man is probably the most famous. Mm-hmm. I think Meth had the best flow, like in terms of like how he wrote a beat. But we're talking like just the complete package. I gotta go Ghost, man. Like, cause he, it, like even his nonsense shit was mm-hmm. dope. Uh, do you have a favorite Ghost track? I don't um, shit. Um, uh, if I had a, it's funny if I had to pick a favorite verse I'm probably going at verse on fire I'm the opposite of La, I'm the opposite of Aga hotter than a plate of pasta I'm the reason Lamar Odom would trade him off the roster I was like damn ghost and then there was that verse on um he had with um Lupe um spray paint the ink uh-huh. pen like ghost is God, and then the storytelling like, I don't think... Everyone goes, oh, Slick Rick. I'm like, Ghostface is the greatest story. Terrible teller of all time. What's, uh, one, what's the one on um, on um, Wu-Tang Forever? Oh, uh, yo, he goes, everybody step the fuck back. Excuse me, bitch. Give me a jacket. Like, it, like yo, he was... Ghost Ghost was that. Ghost yeah. is that dude. I, I, see, I can't think of my favorite Ghost song. Yeah, he had... Favorite Ghost album might be... 
um, what is it? Supreme clientele. I figured you that would be a goal. That'd be a your goal too. What else? Supreme clientele. My bulletproof wallets was dope too. But um, some people didn't really like it that much. But I really liked it. And obviously, like he has like the classics, like um, off of um, Iron Man. All we got is you. Daytona Five Hundred is my shit. I was like, I was never crazy about that song. I love that song. Then there's um that on oh. that. That R and B album he pulled out was dope. yeah. What was it? It wasn't R and B, but it was like a bunch of love songs, relationship songs, all on one album. I take it back. My favorite is called. My favorite Ghostface song is actually um Slow Down. Okay, yeah. Um, and, uh, I forget what it's called. Um, that album had, was hit or miss. Ghost Dini, Wizard of Poetry, and yeah, and, <laughs> and Emerald City because because yeah. of, of course it's Ghostface. Yeah. <laughs> um, a tribe called Quest. I personally go underrated. I don't think they really get the the props they deserve for what they've done for hip hop groups and how and like the fact that they put out a classic album in Midnight Marauders, put out um was it Beach Rhymes in Life? No. Was that a was that the compilation album or was that just there? And then they wait what, two decades later and put out a fucking banger? I would say they're aptly rated. Um they do get their props. They're not mentioned enough. Yeah. But they do get their props. I think so. Um, they were, but the thing is, tribe wasn't for everybody. That's true. Like, I don't think I don't think they were as palatable as some other groups we had. And shit, that we haven't had any like hip hop groups in years either. Like at least any popular ones. You know? We haven't. Like, who did we have? Like. The last great hip hop groups were who like freaking Outkast, Mob Deep. Um, who else? Like that's you just didn't have them. No, like after, it felt like after like I feel like after the two thousands, like after like Rough Riders, I don't think we really had like what I guess Slaughterhouse. I guess you could call it D twelve maybe, but like we haven't seen a lot of like real groups anymore. Like the, it's almost like we have clicks. Like you know what I mean? What is it? Uh, J Cole, J I D. I forget what their what their group is called. It's um what their clique is called. It's not Juice World, is it? No, that's that's uh, a rapper's name. Oh wait, there's um the Migos, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't Migos, really yeah. I don't really like the They they've really done nothing for me except for Ric Flair drip. I I don't care for the Migos. I tried to listen to some of their stuff and it just didn't do it for me, but. That's a, an Atlanta thing. If you're if you're into that vibe and everything, I respect it. It's what it is. But they're not like when they're like, "Oh my God, did you hear what Takeoff said?" And it's like, 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 did you did you understand what Takeoff said? <laughs> no, I understand it, but it there was nothing great about it. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not used to having like bars. Yeah, themselves. So their 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 but standard see, is different. See, I want to I want to dis- dispute that, but we can talk about this on another on another episode. But I feel like Andre three thousand like had bars. Like he's had he did have bars. Rick no, Ross, and, Rick Ross's bars are different though. He's just smooth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's their bars are different. Like it's more like it's it's more direct mm-hmm. as opposed to like quote unquote lyrical. Like you know what I mean. Like 
it's not like you, you get the guys like who um, I'm gonna bring up in a, in a little while. Like you get the the most deaths and the MF Dooms who, like when they when it was like it was like lyrical the Lupe mm-hmm. Fiascos. It was different. But then you go down south, you get the Jeezys, you get the Scarfaces, who were just kind of like they were rappers. Like it wasn't what they said was dope, and like and it made them who they are. But it wasn't necessarily like bars. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And again, it was different on the West Coast when you get the E40s, the Snoops, and the Dre's, who's Lyrical content was different than the stuff we see. Shit, you know what? Nowadays, I don't even look for bars anymore. They're nice to have, but I I look for a beat that I can really vibe to, and someone who can ride that beat correctly. Yeah, I think it was a consequence. You said the album you've been on bumping recently. Oh it was, no, it was a uh, currency. Currency, I've been listening currency. To currency for like the last two years straight. Like almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, um, favorite tribe song. For me, um, I, I always feel like I go like not stressed out, but um, stressed out's one of them. But um, probably um, ninety nine. It's um, a million stories. Five Dog. Like that is easily like my favorite song. It's also one of my biggest reasons that I love hip hop. Is he just went in and was just telling a whole story about a fucked up life and a fucked up couple of days or a week or whatever. And like uh, for me, that's my shit. Like that's probably my favorite trap song. Um, I, I gotta look it up. I, I don't know. Like I would, I, it has to be off of Midnight Marauders though. Or, I mean, Midnight Marauders at Bangers. So like it's when people talk about the the greatest. Um, albums of all time. Like I always feel that Midnight Marauder should always be on that list. Uh, I'm trying to think. We can get down was dope. Alexa Realization is a is a classic. Yeah. Like this this is an album like top to like start to finish. Like I can bump. even the skips are kind of short. There's this one song they had with Consequence, not stressed out. Um, oh, Midnight then- Marauders. But you know what? The original was on Midnight Marauders, but this, they put out like a part two to the song. Oh, the chase. The chase. There's a part two to the song that I loved, but it's not on the album. Is this part two? Yeah, it's that one, but it's a different one. This is part two, or maybe it's part one. I okay. just know it's not on the album. Oh, did they Jay Z us with the um Dead President? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Joe Budden. I think he's aptly rated. I can say that. Like, if you're a hip-hop head, you know him. His pen was was on point, and he, he did deserve the claim that he got. He didn't have, like, a very fruitful rap career when it comes to, like, you know, reaching the masses, but he 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 had some success. I wasn't really on his mixtapes all like that. But I did I. hear I did hear that his mixtapes were out of this world. I vaguely remember hearing stuff from mixtapes going to Mattapan Music and grabbing them, which is funny. They were not for resale, but Mattapan Music was selling them yeah. for like five ten bucks. Yeah. So I remember like going back and hearing some stuff. I'm like, oh, I remember Joe Budden on on this shit and whatever like that. So I get it, but I agree. I think he's aptly rated. My fa- personal favorite song from him is um No Love is um 
all love lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a super depressing song, <laughs> but I I love it because it's one of those songs where like when you're in a bad mood, like hearing somebody else go kind of go through the same things you're going through, mm-hmm. it kind of like it does that. It does that for me. Uh, this is gonna be. A, I, it's funny. I know the answer to this one too, but I'm gonna ask it for both questions. MF Doom. Underrated. Yeah, absolutely. And if I had to guess, your favorite song would be um, All Caps. All Caps, Doomsday, friggin' um, Bells of Doom, uh, friggin' uh, Rainbows. Fancy clown. Rainbow is my shit. Um, you know, mine's is Gray Day. day today, yeah. Gray Day. Gray Day <laughs> yeah. is my shit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's on my list of uh, Gray Days on my list of happy music. Yeah. It's so like it's one of the smooth and Mad Lib. Oh my god, man! He laced yeah. that fucking album. He did. Um, obviously, rest in peace, MF Doom. Uh, most Deaf. I think he's. He's not overrated. I'd say I say he's about. I say he's aptly rated. I'll say he is, yeah. Cause had he been, it seemed like he just stopped making music. Yeah, that was so. I don't know if he got a bag somewhere. and was like, fuck it, I don't have to make music anymore. He started acting. Yeah, but even the acting was it like we didn't we didn't see most stuff on the big screen or small screen that much. No, you know, so he probably got into something else that's very fruitful for him. But yeah. when he was um, actively making music, he put out a lot of good projects. Um, and, uh, his his features were pretty dope too. So I'll go on record by saying Miss Fat Booty is one of the three greatest hip hop songs of all time. Like that's pers- the, a personal favorite. That first album was sick. Yeah. Uh, Black Thought. I think he's underrated. Yeah. Uh, un- unpopular opinion. I think he is the greatest rapper of all time. Okay. In terms of just like, and, and I'm just talking about just flow, like rapper. I think mm-hmm. mo- I think Black Thought's the greatest rapper of all time. Like I don't think anybody is touching him. Like period. Uh, one of my favorites is off of most. It was off a of Pharrell Monch album, "Manic Depressive and Possessive Like Apostrophes." <laughs> like the shit he exactly the shit he says. I'm just like, damn man. He's an alien, like they say. Yeah, uh, Pharrell Monch. Um, Tread lightly. <laughs> I say he's aptly rated. I don't think he's. I don't. I'm not really into him like that. Yeah. He does. He had. He does. Have a few, a few good songs. I can't really say he has like amazing projects because I haven't spent much time on them. But, yeah. Um, every time I, I've never heard him really do anything whack. So. Yeah, aptly rated. I can understand it. Or what you say about aptly rated? Uh, his last album is one of my favorites of all time. Then he actually has probably it's creeping up being my favorite song. Um, Amnesia. But I think a lot of it has to do with like the music behind it too, and the fact that he's got like a real guitarist, a real band behind it too. So mm-hmm. that helps. Uh, Lupe. I think he's underrated. You know I'm a Lupe fan. Mm-hmm. You know I think Lupe can rap. Mm-hmm. His last project, his last 
couple of EPs I thought were were absolutely ass. Like I just I just couldn't rock with it. And you know I'm a Lupe fan, but his last Did two EPs. Did you hear that song where he was just talking about dinosaurs and shit? I couldn't get into it. I was like, what the fuck are <laughs> I was you like, talking no, they're about? Joking. They're joking, right? Yeah. So I went on iTunes and there it was. I was like, okay, let me turn this on. And he was he was rapping about dinosaurs. I was like, oh. Yeah, like you're like, oh, he 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 wasn't. They weren't playing when he said he was rapping about dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Yo, him on Joe Button have you have me laugh. Who you over there with? Maul of Roy and them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> but Lupe's my Lupe's my guy. I think Mural Mural is um, if if the aliens came down and said, give me one rap song that's gonna make make us not kill you. Mural on um, I forget the name of that album. Tetsu on youth. youth, yeah, that would be one of the songs I'd probably play. That was, yeah, that was actually a tight album. Uh, last but not least, Prodigy. Underrated. Man. Yeah, hands down. Like he was, he, um, me and me and Jelani were talking about this about people who had like some like the best flows, and I said Fab and Breathe, and he countered that with Prodigy and Quiet Storm, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, and that's not even like his um, it, and that's not even like some of his best work. What's the um? Uh, what's that? I got eleven Mac Elevens, thirty eight, thirty eight. Yo, I hated that. I hated that album when, I, when it first came out. I went back and listened to it. I'm like, yo, it's tight. I used to kill that album. Um, keep it and like then all the Mobs Deep stuff because like you all you always talk about their their first album. Being like like one of the like one of the greats and like mm-hmm. I, this, that's the one you said got you into hip hop right yeah Bob Deeps well the infamous yeah technically that was their second album they had yeah. the first album that came out that I actually never listened to but the infamous is what really really um, hooked me and to this day like I still feel bad about Prodigy not being here anymore um, same. Like I, I really, and it's funny. I always think about him in the verses. I was like, I was like, y'all don't want to see Prodigy in the verses. Before he left, I remember before he left, he was on a Facebook Live. Um, I guess he was doing like a little press for his his last album that came out, and I remember being on Facebook Live, and he was just talking to the fans and everything, and. I told him how I listened to his album and I enjoyed it and blah blah blah. And he he shouted me. I was like, oh shit! He said my name. Like <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then like a month later, he was gone. Like, it and was, it was like the weirdest shit ever. It's like I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, like because he has like I think it's sickle cell. And he had a complication with that. Yeah. And yeah. it was fucking sad as hell. Yeah. Like he was one of the ones like, <laughs> that like he just, like he spit. Like he, like he, like really went in and like hold on. Mm-hmm. This is so for you. It was um that was so this was the one that got me in the mob deep. That's why you small behind for me. God Father Part Three. I remember watching that video on um Rap City. Mm-hmm. Meth was in the video. <laughs> Meth was in the video. Yeah. It was I think they were in a church. I think, but like that, like that was a song that got me into. Into like Mob Deep was like was that that was my shit. Yeah. All right, man. This oh favorite Mob Deep song. Hmm. Um. Other than Shook ones, uh, Shook ones is a damn good pick though. <laughs> back at you. 
It's on the Sunset Park soundtrack. Oh damn! You went, you went like, yeah. <laughs> you went meta yeah, with that. I, shit. I, I right. go back to that song every now and then. I should have to check that out. All right, man. This has been the Old Man Wade Show. I want to thank Just Greg for joining us. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Old Man Wade Com on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Facebook page, The Old Man Wade Show. You can find the Superior Super Bowl Coffee on Let Shit Record on Twitter that he never uses. Uh, you can find Just Greg on vacation somewhere on a beach and on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Later. Damn it, Wade.